దయతో వివరించండి ఇంగ్లీష్లో కూడా చెప్పు డియర్ మాస్టర్ మాస్టర్ సివివి ఇన్ హిజ్ ఫిజికల్ ప్రజెన్స్ హ్యాడ్ గివెన్ కోర్సెస్ ఆఫ్టర్ దట్ it was instructed that it is not necessary why is it so is the need for that courses no longer there if so what was the purpose of the courses and how that is fulfilled please explain the master himself stated in his uh, writings that this yoga is being put to experiment and to evolution he said he told his disciples that they have to take it further and evolve it because the energy that has descended into him he has understood assimilated and after 60 days he started transmitting the energy that he received from the higher circles so he was himself experimenting with it he also stated in his teachings that there is the responsibility for the successive generations to relate to it experiment and experience and also contribute to its better application it's a matter of applying in a better manner as we start doing things slowly as we find the ease we try to slightly modify and make it simple as we as we move forward with a particular practice normally we find the ease of doing it and we generally simplify <laughs> the whole process is a pro- simplification and simplification is a matter of evolution the more and more we are working with a particular work by by out of our own experience we find the way to simplify it in everything that we do the work the the work that you do in the office the the work that we do at home the every work that we handle when we frequently handle slowly out of our own experience we find the simpler ways of doing the same thing it's an aspect of evolution 
this he has himself clearly expressed that uh, more and more it gets simplified so after 11 years of himself practicing with various courses he has come to an understanding that uh, whatever the courses do can can be done just with the prayer it's not necessary that the courses be done even without these courses this work can be accomplished much easier by just invoking the sound and observing the movement that happens within that sinap we do not have to make any special impulses and impetus towards it that's how when he came to 11 years of working with varieties of courses he found that it was not necessary and it was a really a dexterous expression in the sense to when he simplified he said all that i did before was not necessary to say that one needs guts isn't it people try to hold on and try to keep them validated and say whatever i did in the past was right whatever i do in the present is right and i am always right this attitude prevails but he said after working with it with you i found that it is not so very necessary that we get into the courses instead we can straight away get into the simpler version and the simpler version has as much effect as the complicated and complex version that's why the courses were done with they were no more recommended and the master himself said just invoke the name and sit the required adjustments would happen in you in your inner life and in your outer life and do not get into the 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 glamour of these courses he informed this even to master and that it's not necessary that the courses be done in spite of the master saying it some disciples insisted that they would like to do them but by doing them they did not really get the benefit what benefits he is realization of the self towards that end the courses are the the prayer is found to be sufficient the prayer is nothing but invoking the energy by uttering the sound master namaskaram and later master cvv namaskaram since we always respect the source from which we receive it it forms into a hierarchy so that hierarchy apart the mantra is masters namaskar just utter master namaskar and later he was instructed to give the name cvv it was not actually his name as i say it is cosmic violet vibration it is central vertical vibration it is incidentally a part of it is his name it is full name is venkatrao venkatswamiro if it is to be given as his name it has to be c v r v r it was not like that he was instructed to give the name sound c v v and after that it is valid later 
then mediums have become associated with it and have gained the mastery their initials also started being uttered forth to to have the chain of the descent of the energy for being effective just like we speak of to reach parabrahman we also invoke brahma vishnu and maheshwara and later related to parabrahman these are the regular steps to relate to brahman like that the hierarchy is formed the the answer to the question is it is his own experience that the courses are not necessary so the the answer is unnanta varaku courses cheyinchar unnanta varaku cheyinchara he did not conduct the courses until the end he stopped giving the courses in the latter part of the his life in the ultimate part of his life he has himself stopped giving the courses and then he has himself said that is not necessary you don't have to do it that way there is a better way of doing there is a simpler way of doing it but if there are still people think we would still would like a complicated way of doing things and there is a simple way to reach see earlier to reach tapona it was more difficult now it is getting simpler and simpler and simpler and when a, when a simple way is prepared why should you go travel by the earlier way which is a little more complicated if someone lifts you from bangalore airport and drops you at tapovan the idea is to reach tapovan no 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 we would like to go by all the traffic and reach tapovan it's not necessary so when he himself if someone else had said it we would have questioned his authority had it been said subsequently after him then it can be questioned but the one who introduced is the one who simplified it and said it's not necessary so there is no more need for it there is no more need for it avasaram teerpoyindante avasaram emitiru prasthigada until a simplified version is made available naturally you are with the old version isn't it earlier we were cooking by firewood isn't it now we cook by electrical stove so the the need for a firewood is reduced there is no need for using the firewood but if you say i will still cook on firewood you can do it takes time for the fire to catch on and for the heat to be generated for the needed cooking and we have the necessary by product of the smoke gathering all around in the roof of the kitchen and also into the house so the cooking methods are simplified isn't it we have an electrical stove to cook rice you can plug anywhere now you don't need a stove isn't it so like that as we move forward in life we tend to simplify many aspects of our life 
There are people who would not like to regularly comb their hair, so they just shave like that. <coughs> Every now and then. It's simplification. You don't have to look for the comb. You don't have to comb your hair. It is simplified, isn't it? From complication to simplicity is but a natural process. And as the Master related to the prayer, he found that the prayer does all that the courses. We also generally simplify our practices in every aspect of our life. We do not try to come more and more complicate things. When we complicate, we ourselves get tired of our, the complexity of the practice. So that's the reason that he decided that when the same purpose is served, why should it be uh, allowed to be in existence. <clears throat> so that is the reason why you don't have to do those courses. And uh, Master Raman himself told that to his disciples. And Master E.K. never... Master E.K. was also with them along with some groups of women and he found no purpose in doing it. He did not give. He said, no, no courses. If you wish to be with the Master, do the prayer. That's enough. It is, it is good for every purpose. Vastavamunaku, Sarva Prayojanamunaku, prayer okkati chalanu. In reality, the prayer is, is enough for every purpose of the human, including, including self-realization. So don't get back into these courses. And uh, the idea of courses come because some people keep doing it. But those who are with those courses, their life has not unfolded so well, and so very splendorously, and uh, they were not so very fulfilled. As we see with the yoga of the Master, very few are unfolded in a multidimensional manner just sticking to the courses and not letting other things happen with them. Yoga is unfoldment of consciousness in its, in its a thousand dimensions. In its a thousand dimensions. How many dimensions people have gained through these courses? They tended to be more cultist, more fanatical and very closed and Negating every other thing. Negation is not Brahman. Acceptance is Brahman. To see the one in all, in every dimension, anirākarana mastu, anirākarana. So therefore, courses did not help people really. What helped people is the prayer that unfolds. Your consciousness as you move and you move upwards and you are unfolded in a multidimensional manner. It's not that you are, you are unidirectional. You are multidirectional, multifaceted. That is the beauty of yoga. So that is what it is intended to be. So therefore, don't get into the courses. Master, after prolonged chanting of stotras or prolonged utterance of Om, we notice pulsation at heart center. It is is that pulsation due to exertion or is it the pulsation what one looks for in yoga practices? Master, please clarify. 
it enables you to it is already there it, it comes to your perceptual level when you do that so that you can relate to it better relate to it better when you make a deep utterance of om or when you make makes a two or three deep breathings it comes to your conscious level but subconsciously it is always there so you bring it to the conscious level so that the conscious mind can align with it and move into subconscious or super conscious levels therefore the recommendation of utterance of om and breathing or even stotrams stotrams are metrical breathing actually strictly speaking when you are with the stotram for example vishvam vishnu vashat karo bhuta bhavya bhavat prabhu when we say that we are uttering 16 letters and then you give a gap again you give you breathe in and you utter 16 letters if you don't have long breath you break it eight and then utter vishvam vishnu vashat karo bhare bhuta bhavya bhavat prabhu then it is a, a meter of eight but it is recommended that you utter vishvam vishnu vashat karo bhuta bhavya bhavat prabhu then take the breath and then bhuta kut bhuta bhut bhava bhutatma bhuta bhavanah then again 16 letters either you follow the meter of 8 or you follow the meter of 16 then your your breath becomes very rhythmic 108 times you are doing it. <coughs> isn't it you don't realize that you are doing it but that's the truth of this stotram stotrams are arranged in chandas chandas enables us to utter in a rhythmic manner for long time instead of making 108 rhythmic breathings by uttering 108 steps you are doing the same thing without your relating to breathing therefore after that the breath falls into an order and then the meditation thereafter would be much more congenial even when we do this uh, utterances beat lalita sahasrama vishnu sahasrama any stotram it is all metrical every stotram is metrical it is either composed of eight syllables as one line or 16 syllables as one line sometimes 11 syllables as one line sometimes 12 syllables as one line that is chandas so when you are uttering, uttering this stotram when you make these rhythmic utterances naturally the rhythm of the breath brings out into your perceptual state the the hidden pulsation the hidden pulsation that's why it is given but if you are able to relate to the pulsation straight away you don't need so many stotrams to be done except to purify the surroundings the work of stotrams the worship that we do also purifies the surroundings therefore there is an external utterance and then there is an internal utterance all external practices are meant to purify the ambience our internal utterances are meant to relate to the 
soul and the super soul within us. Therefore, there are the two methods are suggested. When you do stotram, you can relate to this central column in you. And that's what I say, central vertical column. In that column is the divinity, which is the basis for all our functioning in, in all levels. So you can relate to that light which exists in you in the cerebrospinal column and keep on uttering and relating to the light within the column. That is internalized utterance. When you know the sotram completely, you don't need to look at the book, then you can do that. It can be done with the Gayatri also. Visualize the light from, from head to Muladhara, maybe involution, and again from Muladhara to eight times. In seven, seven utterances you can visualize the seven centers and then the light passing through all the seven centers. And again, when you make seven utterances, you move again with the, through, through the sushumna, reach the cerebral system. And again, when you utter, again you, you come down, you come up, you come down, you come up, you come down, you come up. Like that you can carry out that how these mantras are also given, Om Namo Narayanaya. Om is uttered to bring in the energy. Narayanaya is uttered, Namo Narayanaya, consisting of seven letters, to the seven centers. Likewise, Om Namah Shivaya. Once you utter in an involutionary manner, visualize it, and another time you utter in the involutionary. This is how the whole work is relating to our associating with the energy in the central system of our being which exists right from the cerebral system through the vertical spinal column. That's how internalized utterances are experienced. This is for internal realizations. And for external purposes you utter seeing the same divinity in a vertical form all around you and you are in it. When you are doing Vishnu Sahasrama, Vishnu is all around you, we are all in it. Because in the divine we are and the divine is in us. That's what we have been explaining. So either way when you, when we do it, after the utterances are metrically done, without breaking wherever we feel like. Chandra says, for example, when we utter Gayatri, Tatsavitaru Varenyam Bhargo Devasya Dhimahi, shall have to be uttered as one. Each line has to be completely uttered in one. In between you cannot break. Every pada has to be completely uttered. Om Tat Savitar Varenyam. That is eight, line, eight syllables. Bhargo Devasya Dhimahi. Eight syllables. Dhyaha Yonaha Prachodayat. Eight syllables. So it's an eight-syllable mantra. Om Namo Narayanaya. Eight-syllable Mantra. All varieties of Gayatris are conceived. They are all eight-syllable ones. The purpose is to make the breath rhythmic. When the breath is made rhythmic, we can perceive the pulsation better. When the pulsation is at the perceptible level of your consciousness, 
relate to it, it slowly tends to be subtle. So follow it into the where it is, into, into which way it is withdrawing. So you are consciousness also withdraws along with the pulsation into subtle pulsation. That leads you into the inner column where the pulsation slowly, like a resonance, it keeps moving up. It moves up, up, up and up and normally it goes up to row center. Thereafter the contemplations have to be for longer periods to build the bridge between the bro and ajna, and thereafter from ajna to sahasrara. So the the answer to the question is yes. I am only explaining it in detail. Beloved master, thanks for the teachings. That what is called human will is it an unnecessary concept? Can it be said that it is desire? Thanks. Human will, insofar as it is worked out for fulfilling the uh, senses and the mind, then it is called desire. At lower planes, will is, will trans, degenerates into desire. But the will exists at the, at the individual level, even at the buddhic and intellectual planes. Only at the Higher states of awareness, one realizes that it is not really his will that was in function. It was the divine will that functioned through him. Until that realization comes, the human will exists. <coughs> the, the human will has its purpose. It is with the help of the will only he moves. Slowly as he evolves, beyond buddhic plane, then he realizes <coughs> that it is, that he is already falling in line with the divine and the divine is functioning through him. Therefore it is said all that is happening is happening according to the divine will. If someone is at the baser level, someone is at emotional, mental or buddhic or uh, Ananda plane, it is the will that gives the needed experience. As you keep on experiencing, you slowly shift from one plane to the other. Just like when we are kids, we are associated with certain activity. When we grow into youth, we have, our activity has changed. And thereafter, when we become adults, it, is, it changes further. And it's all the will that worked out all these different states in us. When we are fully grown up, it's a different state of working with the will. So likewise, when you go inside, then you have a different state of understanding. So as, as, the, as the understanding goes, you slowly find that the will has no more purpose because already there it is willed. But until you know that it is already willed, you shall have to hold on to the will that is, that you are exercising. Just like we arrange a support system for the children to walk, isn't it? 
they walk with the walkers when they when they are able to stand we use the walkers and with the help of the walkers they walk until what time they walk they know they can walk themselves they don't need it they don't need the walker likewise as long as the divine will is realized you use your will just like the kid uses the walker don't abandon the walker when you have not yet learned to walk so in that manner let will be don't the will that is instituted in every human is divine it leads you to experience and through experience we evolve without experience and exposure no one can evolve so therefore the will cannot be said to be unnecessary it is necessary it is necessary until one has completely found that his will has na is limited and the will divine is unlimited it enables you to do things which are far more nobler far more effective and that carry far more longevity see with our will we may build a temple somewhere in the tapovan its longevity depends upon the strength of the will that we carry but if your will is in tune with the divine will and you build the temple it remains forever it remains forever that's how the temples like jyotirlingas and other temples they are all instituted by the seers the seers built the temples in tune with the divine plan when it is in tune with the divine plan it cannot be it, it survives this time cycles when it is in tune with the divine plan and according to the divine plan when you scribe something it becomes a scripture for example the scriptures the world scriptures they are immortal why because they are all they all happened according to the higher will the divine will so until we gain that divine will we have to work with the will which he is with us it is also divine at the lowest plane it works as desire in different planes there is will at the mental plane will at the buddhic plane it's only at the plane of bliss or ananda you realize that you don't know you, you don't no more need to wait it will happen and you follow it it's only at the blissful state it is known so the answer to the question is it is not unnecessary that we hold the will <coughs> the very mantra of gayatri is to stimulate the will us dhiyaha yonaha prachodayat means please stimulate my will and ensure that it falls in line with the word ensure that it falls in, in line with the word so that i experience uh, the immortal uh, activity and conduct activity of immortality and the physical on the lower planes so that's how the individual will is very much needed until until the will divine is realized through experience and exposure which is called evolution let it be so with us 
if you stop using your, the, what is already given to you, you cannot progress. When you are standing and you wish to walk and a walker is given, take the support of the walker and walk. Once you are able to walk on your own, you have to, you can remove the, the support which you have taken. Likewise, the individual will use the support until you realize the divine thing. Dear Guru Garu, Namaskarams. While interacting with people, we generally form opinions of people and we keep that in mind in future interactions. How can we keep ourselves free from opinions and have fresh interactions? Yes, it is a practice. It has to be practiced. It has to be practiced that naturally the mind gives you the information relating to the past interactions. It should be kept as information and we should not get influenced by it. But it is natural that we get influenced by it. It is by effort we have to keep it aside and interact in freshness. It has to be practiced to be realized. Because only through practice the mind gains this step. Mind, it always tries to systematize and develop patterns with relation to everything. Develop patterns. It has an advantage. It has also a disadvantage. The disadvantage is when you take the, when you are influenced by the information you have from the past experience. So therefore keep it as information, don't let it interfere with the present interaction. During the course of your interaction you realize that the earlier information needs to be slightly modified. Slightly modified. Sometimes it may not be. That is what is given in yoga. Not to get influenced, get influenced by your previous information. <coughs> by your previous information. We have the previous information about December call in Bangalore that it would be very cold, isn't it? We have that information. So we come prepared with a lot of warm clothing. Then it may not be as cold as before. So the information is helpful, but then in a, in, a, in a change situation, just because you brought your warm clothing, you don't put on all this warm clothing in spite of there being no cold, isn't it? So the information is a useful tool, but it need not necessarily be applied in a situation that is happening in place in a place at a time, afresh. You can evaluate that situation afresh and then relate to it. Not to get influenced by the previous information is one of the dimensions Patanjali gives in Yoga, Yoga Sutras, and that would keep your psyche open to receive, open-mindedness. That's what is called open-mindedness. That open-mindedness is needed because the earlier information could be of support, need not be of support. That should be entertained in mind and keep that openness and it can be gained only through regular 
practice each time when you meet people try to meet a fresh don't try to meet getting influenced by what has already happened it has to be practiced there is no shortcut there is no overcoming it as i said yesterday you have to meet it and learn it if this creation is illusion even the knowledge which is part of this creation is also an illusion so what is the relevance of scriptures and upanishads until you completely realize the illusion you need them if if it is illusion you are eating food is illusion isn't it so if we can survive thinking that food is illusion body is illusion if you have gained that state yes you can do your vedita scriptures you can do your vedita knowledge you can do your vedita everything if it is illusion everything should be illusion it cannot be something which we can we don't we cannot make a part because it's too you are too lethargic to relate to it so if it is illusion it is total it has to be total then you don't have to think that you are existing that you have a body and you can when you don't have a body you don't have to eat and when you are thinking that you exist is also an illusion you are thinking that you are existing is also an illusion until the illusion is cleared you have to follow the game follow the game if you say all is illusion and then go for breakfast and say there is breakfast is illusion lunch is illusion bed to sleep is illusion isn't it there are seers who reach that state and they did not they don't even feel the body they don't feel anything around they are madri vidivan only when you are madri vidivan oh you know that it is it's all just a game it's all just a game when you are in the thick of the game you cannot say this all illusion you are in the, you have entered the football court as a player as long as you are in the football court you have to play if you suddenly you realize that it is illusion <laughs> and and don't move the ball will come and hit on your face isn't it so you have to be out of the game totally isn't it while being in the game you cannot say it is illusion out of the game yes once you come out of the game yes the game was illusion your opponent is no more an opponent to you but in the game he is an opponent he will hit the ball he will also try to hit your leg with his leg he will try to put his leg across our leg so that we fall so we need to learn all those possibilities and then play our game in a manner that we exit the football court in a credit worthy manner <clears throat> isn't it ultimately as we exit from a playground we we should exit in a credit worthy manner not to fall in the ground when someone is coming 
have a long, with long strides to bowl in cricket. A fast ball is coming to you, and if it's generally at, at that moment, if you feel it is all illusion, <laughs> the ball will hit you strong, and then you realize <laughs> what it is. So within the field there is no illusion. Within the field there is no illusion. You have to relate and have a right relation and see that you are not affected and on the contrary you enjoy. If you don't play, you don't enjoy, isn't it? When you play well, it is joyful. Every good player says, I am enjoying the game, isn't it? Every good player says he is enjoying the game. That's why he goes every time with great enthusiasm into the playground. So to enjoy the game, the game is arranged. So if you are able to, if you are receiving some hits here and there in the playground, you should have to learn to see that there are people who have enjoyed it without being hit. So we also try to pick up those techniques. There are cricket players who were never hit by any ball. Isn't it? Not because they, they did not play well. Not because they did not play well. They know how to meet the situation. That's the game. So within the game, within, this is all the, the field of action. Kurukshetra. In a Kurukshetra, action is the basis. Kuru means action. Isn't it? In a field of action, action is the basis. Then the question comes, how do you act to be, to experience the joy of action? And we, we receive different aspects of action. We don't expect everyone to play fair. There can be some nasty players and there can be certain uncertain situations. How you relate to them is what the scriptures tell us. We relate to them. So and so related in such and such a manner and therefore he acquitted himself nobly. That's how we have stories. Our scriptures are but examples given by those who have lived in tougher situations, deeper crises. So that is what the scriptures give us as information so that you can try to apply that situation modifying it according to your purpose and made the situation. So, so, when you are... Ultimate truth is, yes, every game is illusion. When you play the game of chess, the pawn is there, the camel is there, the horse is there, the elephant is there, the minister is there, the king is there, isn't it? Are they really there? Are they really there? But when you are into the thick of the game, you cannot say, it's all illusion. And camel can move like elephant, elephant can move like horse, don't work. So we have volunteered, you may have forgotten, but we have volunteered to enter the game. <coughs> no, one, no one has asked you to enter the game. You have volunteered to enter the game, like entering into a chess game. 
when the game is too complicated, then you get this kind of ideas. <laughs> Not until then. When you are in a complicated situation and you don't know how to move, make the next moves, then comes the wrong, the philosophy at the wrong time. <laughs> why, why this chess game and all that? That idea you should have before you, you enter into the chess game, isn't it? You go for batting in cricket, padding and securing yourself, then suddenly you see some very ferocious bowler bowling from the other side. Then you cannot get into philosophy. Why all this game, why this fast bowling? That, that should be there before you enter. So, the truth is, see, we are living more in mind, not in higher place, so we tend to forget that it is by our choice we have come. Please note that. It is by my choice I came to Bangalore. No one compels me. Isn't it? So why this cold and all that? You cannot claim that. You say that. You cannot say that now. So having come to Bangalore, having caught the cold, learn to live with it, work with it, and come out of it, and also feel the joy of working with it, instead of weeping to work with it. Isn't it? There are people who found that when they are very frequently when they get cold, they get used to it. Okay, I know how to deal with it. It takes about two, two, three days. In the meanwhile, I keep on sneezing in a nice way. <laughs> so you get accustomed and then you start feeling the joy of anything. So this illusion business has it doesn't help that 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 kind of theory. It helps those who are out of the game, not while in the game. Therefore the answer is learn how to play. The know-how to play is what is called the knowledge. And that is what the scriptures contain. Therefore the scriptures are valid as long as you are here. The knowledge is valid as long as you are here. The illusion is, uh, ultimately it is yes, but not during, when you eat a chili and the entire system is burning, you cannot say this, isn't it that it is all illusion? Even if you say illusion, the tongue burns, the mouth burns. You have to go through it. So you should be able to find the way to reduce it. That's the knowledge. People suggest take some water or eat some sugar. All kinds of knowledge will be coming from the surroundings. Adopt to it and come out of it or neutralize it. In the field there are rules and you have to learn the rules and play. You cannot say it is all illusion while you are in the field. This question is in Hindi. आजकल की भागती दौड़ती जिंदगी में जप और तप का टाइम नहीं मिलता है सुबह से शाम तक दफ्तर की दौड़ रहती है सच में ऐसी समय पे कोई कैसे इस रास्ते पे रहे कृपा करके मार्ग बताइए यह यू कैन सी द मूवी तमाशा 
it is a movie relating to the modern times where man runs the the clock runs the clock runs his life on a daily basis the clock runs the life on a daily basis and you have to run all the time wake up in the morning and setting up an alarm get ready have your breakfast and catch up to the bus or the vehicle and then keep moving to the work and then keep on working and again return home completely tired then you go to sleep again get up and do the same thing. <coughs> this is how the life is more and more tending to be mechanical to to live a mechanical life is not acceptable to the soul actually the soul looks for the joy of being free but you have to find a way to sustain your body even without this kind of mechanical life if you are creative enough and find a way that you don't have to fall into this kind of rut of the routine which is new to indians but it has been so for the for the europeans even much before us they are squeezed by the system we are building a system of living everywhere everyone is tending to be a slave of work but not a man who works for the joy of it for the pleasure of it for the growth of the society and for his own growth it is no more like that so if you drop some of your ambitions some of your desires and if you have the courage to simplify your life you can come out of the system the only thing that really binds us to the system is our necessities we are afraid that our necessities may not be met but the necessities will slowly take to a complex order of desires and comforts so what is necessity what is comfort each man has to draw his own line there are people who live very simply very simply they try to reduce their needs as much as possible very minimal there is the and to that minimal when you are looking for you can also minimize this kind of work and get back to that minimum state see how you are adjusting when uh, the air uh, the flights were allowing us airlines were allowing us 25 kgs per per person we were carrying 25 kgs and complaining that 25 kgs was not enough we are always always we are over luggage isn't it <laughs> 27 and then we bargain at the counter just 2 kgs more so allowance earlier they are allowing now they don't allow they, you have to pay for every kg then suddenly they drop it to 20 kg so you adjust to 20 kg now they drop it to 15 kg isn't it you're adjusting to 15 kg if they drop to 10 kg also you adjust this is how it is <coughs> because some facilities available you don't have to have it the more and more you are dependent 
and the outer things. <coughs> the more and more you have, you fall into the system. There is an intelligent way of simplifying one's own life which requires courage. If you have enough courage, you can come out of that system. It's a matter of self-will and courage that enables you to find your own freedom. Since we are not, most of the people are not so very courageous, they move like the sheep, like the sheep. In, in 1940s, a, a movie was taken in Hollywood, enacted by Charlie Chaplin. In that movie, he shows all members of the city busily moving very early in the morning. He shows the people and then replaces the people by the sheep. Because it's like the, it's like the sheep going in a particular order to the downtown. And then they are busy doing work. Same thing they do. Every day same thing they do. And then again he shows the all people returning to the town of a residence and like the sheep coming. Sheep going, sheep coming, sheep doing things and it's all sheep-like life, like that he shows. And the name of the movie is Modern Times. Even at the very beginning of the, what is going to come through industrialization, we produce more and more and more and more and more. And uh, we, may, we are made to believe that we need more and more and more and more. So we are, we are into that kind of a hyperactive life, therefore we have no more time for anything except being slaves of work. We are supposed to be enjoying the work. Instead, the work has become a monster and each one is reduced to be a slave of work. One of, one young man who was working in, in America, in a good corporate, when he came and met the, he had the occasion to meet the Prime Minister of India. So normally when we meet elderly people, the elderly people ask, what is it that you do over there? The, the young man answered, I went to America to become a slave. I went to America to become a slave. That was in the 80s. Now it is equally so in India, isn't it? <clears throat> the question came because of this uh, hectic routine into which we are all. This is because we have taken to a hyperactive system. A hyperactive system. So to... you cannot change the system. But you can fall out of the system if you have the courage, number one. And if you reduce your life into simplest of things, you make your life simple, then you can still live without a cell phone. You don't need. You can live without an automobile. You can live without even a watch. You can live with two to three sets of clothing. That's enough. Two, three pairs of clothing is enough. We gather so many things. To gather so many things we have to earn so much. 
to earn so much, you have to enslave so much. That's how it is all. And we don't have the courage to, to simplify. That's the reason. I have seen a man who moves all around the world and his entire personal belongings fit into a carry bag which is never checked in. It is handbag. It's a, just a leather suitcase in which he carries all his belongings. What are his belongings? When we open the suitcase, he has one pair of clothing. One pair is, is drying up, he himself washes. We don't need a dhobi. If we wash our clothes, that's what he says. And he says, why should I iron my clothes? I want clean clothing. I need not iron. Why should I iron? He is a very man with, that went through fourth initiation. Fourth initiation. A very great initiate. I had the good luck of meeting him. He never needed so much clothing. So much clothing. One pair in the suitcase, one pair on him, one pair drying up. As it dries up, he folds them, he doesn't iron them. And as he takes the one in the suitcase, he, he, the, the, the pair that he used, he himself washes. And then he has his Masonic implements for cleaning the teeth and cleaning the tongue, a toothpaste, a toothbrush and a tongue cleaner and a shaving equipment. That's all his and he has a wallet in which he carries the, the money that he needs for the next month to come. And to him money comes even without his doing anything. Because he keeps on helping people and people keep on offering things and he only takes as much as he needs for the next month to come, nothing more. And he moves all over the world. That's how he lived for two years. And he was eating so little. He said, we are, we are in an illusion that we eat so much. He was living with one idli as breakfast. One idli is a breakfast, one idli for lunch, one idli for dinner. If idli is not available, bread. He says, your body is so mysterious. Your body is so mysterious. It can adopt any situation. It can adopt to any situation. You don't have to secure it. He experimented with his body living in a very dark room for one year. We believe about sunlight and all that, the health etc., etc. It's not, it's not the sunlight, it's your mind is. <clears throat> and he went on living even at his 81st year. Three floors he used to run like a child. No one could go along with him on the staircase, fully fit. And the, the demonstration of simplicity is at its great heights with him. Even when he was 
leaving the body he left so suddenly he said the time has come that i leave so wherever he is there there he said i leave from here i don't have to go to any particular place to leave the body so and he was a man of tremendous courage tremendous courage we don't see that courage but it is demonstrated i am not suggesting that you go to that extent slowly as you nurture your will you can make it so we are into a complex system because our mind wants it we always compare with the neighbors and go on building system around us and ultimately that system binds us ultimately that system binds us i give you another example mahatma gandhi he was living in luxury as barrister of law in south africa he had all the luxuries but then when he took to the freedom movement he he did with everything did away with everything not so much of clothing not so much of personal belongings nothing and after the freedom movement he just walked into a corner lived as the simplest of life when he had, because he was so popular there was a system around him which was which was costly see around a simple man a huge system is built by the society and makes it more and more complicated all around him but he remains simple he remains simple as i explained to you sri satya sai baba how simple was he how simple but around him a system will be built by men of mind which is very complicated so therefore the, the question is a very valid question to all of us each one of us to decide at to what level we can reduce our external requirements to what extent the the more you reduce your external requirements the more your life becomes simple and you find the needed freedom and you can slowly walk out of the crazy system that is built with a hyperactivity it is for each individual to pick up the cudgel and work with it it cannot be imposed on those in a general manner పూజ్య గురు గురుదేవుల పాదక బలములకు హృదయపూర్వక హృదయపూర్వకంగా నమస్కరిస్తూ నిన్న మీ ప్రవచనంలో భక్తి కలిగే మార్గాలలో కష్టకాలము ఒకటిగా చెప్పారు మరి నిత్యము క్రమం తప్పకుండా త్రికర్ణ శుద్దితో ప్రార్థన నిర్వహిస్తున్న సోదరులకు కష్టం వస్తే అందులోనూ బాగా ఆరోగ్యం క్షీణించి జీవశక్తి మందగించి విరక్తి భావంలో దిగజారిన వారిని మీరు పరహితముగా వారిని ఎలా ఉద్దరిస్తారో తెలియజేయ ప్రార్థన ఇన్ ఎస్టర్డేస్ లెక్చర్ యు మెన్షన్ దట్ వన్ ఆఫ్ ది ఆస్పెక్ట్ ఆఫ్ ది మార్గా ఆఫ్ భక్తి ఈజ్ యు విల్ అండర్ గో డిఫికల్టీస్ for people who have done their prayers regularly 
if they get into such difficulties that too related to health and if their health deteriorates to the extent of dejection how will you help them to recover in the path what is to be done is there has to be prayer done for such persons he himself cannot really do prayer because he is so debilitated that he cannot pray ardently for for a recovery for that reason we need to do a prayer for him constantly with an ardent attitude one has to pray for him that is what what you do is what he asks what will i do as a person in such a situation i continuously pray i continuously pray for those who are in crisis be it health crisis be it economic crisis be it family crisis any crisis when a, when the, when a being is in crisis what little we can do with your resource we can do it when resources are of no use in a case like this is not your resource the only resource is the divine intervention so you keep on praying for them <clears throat> you continuously pray and if possible to pray it in a group that's why we constitute group prayers for healing once a week every thursday there are groups all over the world who collect the cases of real sicknesses not just cold cough and a little fever and all that there are acute sicknesses where there is a life endangering situation such ones should be noted and a prayer should be offered to them in a group every thursday that's how it was introduced every thursday an intense prayer is done by a group and then individually every member would do daily a prayer for for he for healing the person many times these prayers have been very helpful and many have come out of the worst of the situation very life endangering situations were also neutralized through prayer and there were also situations that not much help would be come could come so we we do a very passionate prayer for the well being of the soul likewise we have to work we all have to work to help someone who is in distress when the distress is very pathetic very pathetic then the group should spring in to help in whichever way it is possible <coughs> if it is economic crisis it should be a group effort to assist to to help to help that person to come out of economic crisis if it is something beyond our natural resources then prayer is the means in the case of health situations it is mostly we have to work with the prayers because anyway medication would be happening on one side to, en- to enable right direction for medication also prayer is helpful prayer help us to reach the right doctor and get the right prescription and get the right treatment that would also happen and it will help people so the answer to the question is intense prayer for 
ensuring the well-being of the being. Master, Namaskaram. It is said that God is energy. Please explain how is it that only first Logos has sons while other Logos, Vishnu and Brahma, does not have any. They have many. They have many. With first Logos, it, it, it came through the, not through the womb of the mother, neither Kumara nor Ganesha came through the mother's womb. At that plane it is like that. Like that, Vishnu also has sons. He has Manmadha as his son. Manmadha is the Cupid, he is the son of Vishnu. And all the Prajapatis have been nothing but the progeny of the Creator. All have the major work of creation is entrusted to the third Lagos Brahma. It is his work to <coughs> ensure that the beings are given bodies. So mostly it is through the third Lagos the whole creation happens. But exceptionally one or two uh, situations there are there is progeny to Vishnu, there is also progeny to Shiva. Master, when we see an unusual sight which is painful, or when we hear a odd news which shows a lot of hear? when we hear? hear an odd news, hard news, which shows lot of suffering, you tend to be in low. Your mind tends to repeat the news in every instance, and also tend to fear. How to come out? of that and forget the images and news. In all such situations you have to turn in and pray for the well-being of the victims. For the well-being of the victims we have to pray. Because those, the, the news that we hear, in that we have the, the victims of the event. So for their benefit when you pray, firstly, you are reinforced and you do not walk into the energy of fear. And when your prayers are intent, they help the situations also. In fact, many such prayers are done at a group level to ward off many difficult situations that we face in our society. So the prayer again is the answer in all such situations. If it is affecting you, better you get into prayer and relate to the Master or Ishwara. Master means Ishwara, the Lord. And see that enough uh, redressal happens to the victims. When you are concerned is for the, for redressing the, the suffering of these, the victims, when it is more oriented to it, then you are also uh, insulated from getting into suffering, the fear and depression. That's why it is recommended that those who are weak-minded do not indulge too much into the worldly news. But if it is but natural that we look to the worldly news, then some events do affect us. When they affect us, the first thing that we to do is offer uh, a kind of a prayer for the benefit of the victims. When you do that, your fear is neutralized, number one. 
Number two, sometimes it is helpful for the others. When, that's how Master VPS was conducting. He lived during the Second World War, World War time. So every day in the paper he sees so many people died here and there. And he was relating to that and he was taking the suffering himself. And then he was putting it to the Master and thereby relieving himself from it. In that process he became a great healer. Master VPS is known for his healing abilities. He could heal in a very extraordinary manner because he developed that sense of uh, relating to the suffering of the beings and relieve and attempting to relieve the, them from their suffering through prayer. When you have that attitude, eventually you also become a good healer. And healing can happen through prayer. Pujya Master Gari ki Hrudepur Vakapadal Vandanamulto Mana Master Gari Margam Nanduna Vekti, Dehamu Vidichina Pudu, Ajivi ki Sahayamu Chayutaku, Agnata Apana Hastam, Ante Invisible Helpers, Yavarayana Untara. Untara. English was your For people in the past, if they are leaving the physical body, will there be any helpers to help with the process of leaving the body? No, when, when someone who is in the path of yoga, when he, when he leaves the body, at that moment would he receive some help from some invisible helpers, or they are, they are left high and dry, is the question. You are never left high and dry. You are never left. Those who are in the path of yoga, path of bhakti, who lived a life where certain acts of goodwill are done, they all receive help when they are relieved from the body. Normally, two angels accompany the being and restore them to the to the appropriate places. And it is specially so when you are with a particular teacher, with a particular master, and the practice of yoga in relation to the instructions given by that master, you receive that kind of help. Even if you are not in a yoga path, if you have led fairly good life and help beings during your life, even such people are also associated with the angels on the other side of the life. You are taken care of, you are not left held all alone. It's only in the, it's only in the wicked cases. There also certain angels come to take them for punishment. <coughs> so no one is left strictly speaking, all alone to move on by himself. Mohamu bandamulu undakuda dani gopikalaku chapadam veru kanisam tananu penchi pedda chesana tallini yashodano ala jivitantam vadilipetadam tirigi yapudu varani patinchkoka podam kumaradiga sri krishnuniki dharma mena. 
Yes. English? Lord Krishna, on account of his uh, world duties, never came, never came back to meet his uh, mother, the mother who raised her, the foster mother. He did not come back and meet. As we see from this story, it seems that he did not come back to meet his foster mother after he went into a world service. <coughs> Is it the right thing that he did? Is it a dharma that he did? never met the foster mother thereafter? Isn't it? He never met the gopis also thereafter. Because the work that he involved demanded him in such a manner that he did not meet them. And they also never complained about it. The answer is, neither gopis nor the foster mother Yashoda never complained that, that, he, that he did not come back. Why, why was it so? Why was it so? He gave them such a presence that they always felt Krishna around him, around them. They never felt that Krishna left them. They are put into a, a higher state of beingness where they were always experiencing Krishna. So where is the need to go to someone who is always experiencing him? Presence is not just physical. They are feeling the presence of Lord Krishna. Every moment throughout their life, so when you are already in the presence, where is the need to go and meet them? So that's the reason life. The foster mother never complained. We have complaints because we don't know the, the, the bliss of experience that Yashoda had. She never wrote a book about her experiences, isn't it? Gopis, Krishna and many devotees to whom the presence has been established, they never thereafter sought for the form of Krishna. They are associated with the universe, universal presence of that which we call Krishna. Palm is a means to interact. But when you are able to feel the presence even without the palm, the, the true form, one need not meet the other. That's how Yashoda, the pastor mother, had always the benefit of the presence of Krishna ever since he left, he left the village. So also the gopis. That's why they never complained that you never came back, you never met us. Nor did they say so to any other fellow beings at that time. So the, the understanding therefore is that they had always Krishna with them. They never felt that Krishna left them. So there is no such thing as leaving once you are, when, when you enter into the universal presence of the Lord. That is how it is with the foster mother Yashoda and also the gopis. Sampradayam 
విడిచిన పార్థవ దేహాన్ని మూడు గంటలలో దహనం దహన కార్యక్రమం చేయవలనని మన కాశీ క్షేత్రంలోనూ బంగాళదేశంలోనూ చూస్తున్నాము కానీ కొన్ని సందర్భములలో మన దక్షిణ దేశంలో బంధువుల కడసారి చూపు కోసం కొన్ని రోజుల పాటు దేహాన్ని ఉంచుతున్నారు మరి ఆ విగత జీవి పరిస్థితి ఏమిటి ఈ విషయంపై మన జగద్గురు సోదరుల బృందానికి గురుదేవులు నిర్దేశించిన సూచనలు ఏమైనా ఉన్నాయా దయచేసి తెలియజేయండి that the body should be cremated within 3 hours <coughs> but it is not it is not within 3 hours it should be kept for 3 hours it, it should be kept for 3 hours later it can be arranged for cremation <coughs> why it should be kept for 3 hours there is always a chance for return of the being into the body <coughs> we should we should give a fair good fairly good opportunity or chance for the departed one if there is a possibility for him to enter that's why even while taking to the cremation ground at three times the body is uh, uh, rested to make sure that in case he would like to come back and wake up from the body he would do so it is not within three hours it should be after three hours మూడు గంటల లోపు కాదు మూడు గంటల తర్వాత నెంబర్ వన్ వెర్ ఇస్ ది హరీ ఇన్ హరీ సో హరీ క్రిమేటింగ్ సో దెన్ ది ట్రెడిషన్ ది స్క్రిప్చర్స్ ఏ ఇట్ ఈస్ బెటర్ దేర్ ఆఫ్టర్ టు డూ ఇట్ యాజ్ అర్లీ యాజ్ పాసిబుల్ ఇట్ ఈస్ బెటర్ దేర్ ఆఫ్టర్ టు క్రిమేట్ యాజ్ యాజ్ అర్లీ యాజ్ పాసిబుల్ అండ్ ది ఔటర్ అండ్ ఈ సెట్ బి ట్వంటీ ఫోర్ అవర్స్ this you can find in the teachings of master jwalkar in 24 hours if uh, because the body decays the body decays and it is not good for the person around because now we have many facilities by which we preserve it but then the person who left the body has a a link to the body not all are yogis no not all are yogis so they also suffer looking at their body decay when you cremate when you burn it up they they are, they are dealing with the whole thing the, the illusion of their being the body is burnt so within 24 hours it is recommended that he should be the body should be burnt not he but the body because it is no more he or she it is the body so the body is recommended to be cremated within 24 hours so after 3 hours before 24 hours is considered to be ideal that is the recommendation given by the masters of wisdom then there are situations where the close relatives sometimes their own kitan kin may have to come from far off places far off places and therefore the body is retained this retaining is according to the karma of the departed soul it happens 
according to the karma which is not seen by the people around this ya he is taking his own sweet time to reach the body is decaying like that but the connection is like that say karmic connection ultimately you should know one thing all that happens happens in in divine order all that happens happens in divine order we don't purposefully delay cremation nor do we hasten to to cremate even before the kitchen can arrive normally people await for the arrival of the children of the departed one the children of the departed and if the child who is stuck somewhere if he feels that he cannot immediately come he will express his concern don't let the body it's okay it is mine it is my cup of tea that i cannot see my parent you may cremate the body i join you later it happens when there is more than one child to the departed soul <clears throat> it is by consent of the the inner circle of the departed one the inner circle is normally the family the parents is in some cases the children the spouse they constitute the inner circle they wait for them and waiting for them is also pleasing to the departed one the departed one he is no he is though he is not in the body he is around most of the people don't realize that most of the people look to the body pay their respect and go but they don't know that the departed one is around in the same room but he waits to see he waits to see all those who love to see him he waits to see all those whom he loves to see <coughs> even if we are sick three days four days five days six days when you are getting you are sick and you are not appearing in the general activity people go and visit the sick person not only the people would like to see him the sick fellow also feels no one has come to see me like that is <laughs> does it happen we know when we are sick what we do what do we do when we are sick we would like that people come and see us so also the departed one is around in the same room same room and he sees who has come who paid respects to him or gratitude to him who showed love who commented him there so we make lot of comments over there no ah he did not take the right treatment like that if we talk he will listen so he sees the the in spite of all the knowledge we have we don't establish in ourselves that the soul is around while the body is over there no one feels if you have that awareness you can relate to the soul you relate to the soul comfort the soul not you cannot comfort that body anymore isn't it but you can relate to the soul which is around which you may not able to see so you can say that wish him good luck a good journey 
you can also say anything that is unfulfilled in his life as a good friend or a good relative or son or spouse i will fulfill whatever he has not fulfilled such as those expressions it need not be made in a vocal manner when it is mentally uttered out it is there listen to there is a way to comfort the departed soul and then you set him on the journey so the question here is విడిచినప్పుడు ఏమిటో చదువుకున్నదో నాకు బాగా చాలా కష్టంగా మన హైందవ సాంప్రదాయంలో శరీరం విడిచిన పార్థవ దేహాన్ని మూడు గంటలలో దహన కార్యక్రమం చేయవలని మన సో విత్ ఇన్ ట్వంటీ ఫోర్ అవర్స్ వీ కెన్ డూ సమ్ టైమ్స్ ఇఫ్ ఇట్ ఈస్ డిలేడ్ అకార్డింగ్ టు ది ఇట్స్ ఆల్ అకార్డింగ్ టు ది లా ఆఫ్ కర్మ సమ్ టైమ్స్ ఇట్స్ గెట్ డిలేట్ sometimes it is not delayed so it happens like that and uh, we have to accept as it happens with every day in every given situation the ideal given in the scriptures is not before 3 hours and not after 24 hours dear master you informed that each master has a fragrance could you inform fragrance of each master on the altar no you can experience yourself shri rama pattabhishekaniki vasishtha maharshi antati vyakti pettina muhurtaniki ramudu adaviki velladu muhurtam tappa aayana muhurtame tappaithe mana pantulu gari muhurtanu namavachcha <laughs> then the the vasistha the grandest of the seers has set the time for coronation of rama isn't it and for that time rama had to go on exile the muhurtam is for coronation but then he had to go on exile then what is the validity of such a muhurtam is the question when it is like that what is what about the muhurtams that we set for so many time is that we set for so many acts isn't it vasistha is a great seer he knows what for rama has come to be so he has set for set a time by which he would fulfill the purpose of his life more than incarnating himself more than incarnating himself right? carnating rama he has set the timing in such a manner that he fulfills the very mission of his being into incarnation that's how he has set the muhurtam and ultimately he was carnated after fulfilling the very purpose of his life the so carnation is much more meaningful when you are when we have fulfilled the purpose of life therefore vasistha has done it with a greater vision is done with a greater vision we have seen master ek doing such things when you when someone comes for a muhurtam he says a muhurtam for clearance of his karma through that action which he has proposed to work out because clearance of karma is more beneficial to the to the to the being than just of fulfilling some small uh, 
activity. That's why when he, he used to set muhurtam in such a manner, if someone comes for business, he sets a muhurtam, a time, by which through that business all his karma is wiped out. Is it fair? From the standpoint of the soul, it is the best thing to have. So the masters, they set muhurtams from the standpoint of the soul more than the standpoint of the personality. That should be the understanding. Normally, it is all your faith when it relates to a muhurtam. When you are looking to a priest to set their auspicious time, he sees according to the science what is auspicious to you and sets it. But not all those timings that are set made, made people successful through that muhurta. Some are successful, some are not successful. So therefore muhurta is but a faith that you exercise and the belief that you have in a science. For all things that you do in terms of welfare of the society, no muhurtam is needed. When, the, when you entertain goodwill, muhurtam is not. When you are entertaining some personal uh, accomplishments and personal fulfillments, muhurtams help us. It is there in the science. All muhurtams are meant for personality accomplishments. But if you are looking for soul fulfillment, no muhurtam is needed. You can just go by the time. There are two streams at work. So purohis, their muhurtam, in so far as you believe it, yes, it will come to, to you. So you don't have to laugh at muhurtam set by. If you don't have faith in the purohit and set a time for action, then it doesn't work because your own disbelief comes in the way. So if you have faith in Purohit, go to the Purohit and set the time for your action, mean for any major action. And that will be helpful, but it need not necessarily be so because your karma comes in the way. So that's how there are different ways of setting Muhurtam number one. And even when the Muhurtam is set, ultimately there is the interference of personal karma. The factor should also be taken into account. Master, life is found to be a journey of various actions and inactions arising out of sankalpas and vikalpas. How do we distinguish sankalpas, which are our fancy desires that will trap and bind us, and sankalpas, which are ordained and needed for our evolution? Only through, only through experience. Only through experience we learn. Not, there is no other way. Let them happen, whether sankalpa or vikalpa. Let it happen through experience, you will know that this, is, this, this kind of thoughts do not help me and you avoid them. Or you disassociate with them and relate to thoughts which have really fulfilled you. It's, it's the proof of the pudding is in its eating. By eating it, you know you don't have to eat it again. Isn't it? Once beaten, twice shy. That's how it is. That is why life is given, that you go through the either side of experience and then you find your own way of moving forward, eliminating certain things and 
uh, associating with certain other things. That's the reason why experience is the best teacher. That's how it is said. Life is the best teacher. It gives you the experience, and through experience you gain the needed wisdom. There is a saying actually: through ex- uh, through foolishness we experiment. Through foolishness, meaning through ignorance, we experiment. From experiment we experience. From that experience we gain the wisdom. These are the steps: foolishness to experiment, experiment to experience, experience to wisdom. That's how we move on on the path, eliminating certain things and associating with certain other things, and make a progressive movement. Guruji, namaskar. Since we pray, since we pray, let my purpose shape it to the purpose of our earth. What is the purpose of our earth? The purpose of our earth is to ensure the well-being of the beings on the earth. It is like the purpose of the mother. Mother always would like her children to do well, to do well, and to be progressive. So that's how the mother works, the earth works. So we join that purpose of working for the well-being of as many beings as is possible. That is the purpose. Unko padmishal aapadna, mude good. ప్రణవంతో నమో నారాయణ మంత్రము అష్టాక్షరి అని నమో భగవతే వాసుదేవాయ మంత్రం ద్వాద ద్వాదశాక్షరి అని అంటున్నారు నమశివాయ మంత్రం మాత్రం ఓంకారంతో షడాక్షరి అవుతున్నది భాగ్యనగరంలో గురుపూజల్లో ప్రశ్నకి ఓం నమ శివాయ్ అని సమాధానమిచ్చారు సంపూర్తిగా నివృత్తి లభించని కారణంగా మరలా ప్రశ్నిస్తున్నాము క్షమించి వివరించమని అర్పిస్తున్నాం అంటే మనం ది వెన్ యు ఆర్ మేకింగ్ ఇట్ ఇస్ ఎ పంచాక్షరి ఫైవ్ సెలబుల్ మంత్ర ది అటెండెన్స్ ఇస్ ఓం నమ శివాయ్ నమ శివాయ ఇస్ నాట్ దేర్ ది యా ఇది సౌత్ ఇండియా ఎస్పెషలీ కర్ణాటక కర్ణాటక అండ్ ది ఆంధ్ర వీ హ్యావ్ అండ్ ఆల్సో ది స్పానిష్ వీ హ్యావ్ అజంత లాంగ్వేజ్ మీనింగ్ ది నేమ్ ఇస్ రాంగ్ ఫర్ ఎగ్జాంపుల్ ది నేమ్ ఇస్ రాంగ్ when you say wrong it is single syllable sound in in telugu in karnataka what we say rama we made it to the name is krishna we say it krishna it becomes two syllables ram 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 narsi mantra when you make it rama it becomes udvayaksha so likewise all visargas are completed as a syllable by us the visarga is not counted as a syllable not counted as a syllable if we say for example madhavam ma ma dha vam madhavam ma um is not taken as a syllable madhava um Madhava is three syllables. Um is a visarga. But Madhava mo, if we say, it becomes four letters. Isn't it? Like, they, like that in Shiva, in, when we are referring to Shiva, 
the sanskritic utterance is is shivai shivai shivaya is the south indian version rama is the south indian version krishna is the south indian version it is krishna in sanskrit it is ram in sanskrit it is shivai shivai so see va e e is not there shiva shiva om namaha shivaya om namaha shivaya like that it becomes five letters in the if you go to nar the only sound om namaha shivaya om namaha shivaya om namaha shivaya they don't say om namaha shivaya also with this spanish it is like that they end up with with a open mouth rama krishna shiva for a e u we have a prolonged sound that makes it more <coughs> musical makes it more musical that's why the the telugu and the carnatic languages when the Europeans came. They they felt that it, that they felt this that these languages are like Italian languages or Spanish languages, meaning Latin languages. In Latin, these extra possessions are there to give the musical tone. If you listen to Spanish, if you listen to Italian, it is much more musical than Greek and English or German. In German, English and Greece, they are that just like in sanskrit cut to size no artistic prolongations that's where om namah shivaya om namah shivaya om namah shivaya has come to be so om is part of the mantra so there are people who thinks namah shivaya is the mantra and someone has asked us me because there is ya there is another stanza ajyasvarupaya jatadharaya pinakahastaya sanatanaya sudivya dehaya like that in the panchachari mantra we have one stanza dedicated for ya also <coughs> isn't it but that is all you know the improvisations over what we have believed as a tradition but the truth is the name of the lord is shiv shiv not shiva when you say shiva it is already the lady parvati shiv is the sound shiv shiva is parvati we these are these distinctions when we know then we see panchakshri as om namah shivaya no ya so when you take that this distinction then with om it is fine otherwise we can treat om as a as a separate entity and namah shivaya as the panchachari the truth is the the novas always uttered it as om namah shivaya om namah shivaya namah shivaya namah shivaya like that that's how it is uttered dear master can you give us a glimpse of how lives in other planes and other globes in the entire cosmos would look like 
when we meet in the other place, we'll speak about it. <laughs> Master, what is the best benchmark till date in terms of number of lives taken to realize Brahman? If you ardently follow a master of wisdom, it's a matter of twelve lives. That's the minimum. That's the minimum. In twelve lives, one can realize Brahman. Some of us may have started even earlier than what we think we have started with. So there can be not twelve lives from now. For some it could be three lives, some it could be ten lives, for some it could be twelve lives. If you are ardently following the path. The other end is eighty-one thousand lives. The other end is eighty-one thousand lives. That's how it is given in the scriptures. When you follow ardently a master of wisdom, the master of wisdom represents Jupiter. And the number of Jupiter is twelve. He ensures that in twelve lives you are a realized person. From this twelve to that eighty-one thousand, you have all the possibilities. So I wish you good luck about it. But, <laughs> but I can give you one more intermediary step. When you are gathered in such congregations, trying to relate to wisdom, it means surely in seven hundred seventy-seven lives you will be realized Brahman. In seven hundred seventy-seven lives. We will surely realize Brahman. That could be the other end for us, because we are already relating to the truth and trying to know, and then ensure that it manifests in us more and more. When we have that aspiration, the maximum number of lives that we go through is is said is said to be seven hundred seventy-seven. So don't bother about eighty-one thousand. You can take from twelve lives to seven hundred seventy-seven lives. Surely, within this range, one would realize the Brahman. Okay, there are two more just freshly popped up through internet, so I'll clear them and we go to breakfast. Master, can you please explain the science of prana? There is a book on pranayama, a small book. Kindly go through that. Every step is given there. It doesn't take more than half an hour to know the science of pranayama. I have purposely given this book because frequently there are questions about working with pranayama. Hmm? There is a small book in Telugu. You can take it and work with it, and someone can translate it into Kannada and also English. Dear Master. could you explain prahlada's kingdom did he do any wars did he punish bad people he had no program when when he ruled the kingdom prahlada is a diabolical king who has brought in the law into the kingdom of diabolics and he was so magnetic as long as he ruled the kingdom there were no wars he did not lead any wars there was no need for him Because there was no provocation from devas to asuras, and there is no provocation from asuras to devas. The diabolics were contained with their activity, and they are not allowed to overstep. Since they were not allowed to overstep, there was no need for a war with the divine. 
the divine and diabolic were at wars whenever the diabolic overstepped or whenever they were overstepped when prahlada was the king it was harmony prevailing both in the devi kingdom and also in the diabolic kingdom that they restrained each other from fighting and it was a peaceful existence as long as he remained their king that's how it is thank you so much some kind of engagement with his wisdom we had all this three and half days and we from time to time we continue this but the hard truth is we have to live the wisdom the the better part of the wisdom is we have to live it so if we leave it then we are into our own controversies conflicts illusions and the related sorrows so let us reinforce ourselves with the wisdom which is handed down to us by the masters of wisdom the seers the rishis and we try to gear up ourselves to live in that wisdom so that we live beyond the the, the effect of duality as it exists in the world so i wish you all well and i wish you a, a, a progressive new year and may you experience um, the peace of existence besides being the joy of existence before you step into joy at least there should be the there should be peaceful existence within ourselves followed by joy so i wish you all very peaceful progressive and joyful new year experimenting with the tools of wisdom which are supplied in so many ways and relating to the divine through prayers may that be so with all of us and may we all be blessed thank you namaskar